You put butter and garlic and cheese mm -hmm. on a flip-flop, and mm -hmm. that flip-flop's going to taste good, yes, much less great. a beautiful Louisiana oyster. From Marcel Proust and his Mad Lines to Nigel Slater and hot buttered toast, we all have strong memories associated with food. I am Natalie Hassan. Welcome to A Recipe for Nostalgia, a show where we talk to chefs, food lovers and eaters about food, memory and childhood. I hope you enjoy the show. Today, I talk with Tommy Satanovich of Drago's Seafood. The first Drago's was opened in Metairie, Louisiana in 1969 by Drago Satanovich, Tommy's father. Now, there are four locations across Louisiana and Mississippi. Drago's is famed for its charbroiled oyster, an oyster grilled in its shell with butter, garlic, herbs, and Parmesan cheese, which Tommy invented in 1993. It has been called the best single bite of food in New Orleans, and it is delicious. On the Thursday morning I interviewed him, the restaurant was quiet, the chairs stacked on tables, and there were a line of four guys shucking oysters by the bucketful. To give you an idea of the kind of guy Tommy Satanovich is, when I was waiting in the restaurant before our interview, a guy came in to collect his wallet that he'd left there from the night before. Tommy shook his hand, asked him how his food had been, and told him to come back any time. The first time I met Tommy was when I was eating at Drago's with my dad, and he came over to my table to ask how our food was, and then we had a long conversation about Croatia, where he is from. He clearly cares about his food and his customers' enjoyment of it. I'm here at Drago's with Tommy Satanovic, um, son of Drago, and you grew up in the food industry. Your dad set up this restaurant in... 1969, 1969. and yes, I am absolutely a restaurant brat. Okay, so tell me about your experience being a kid in restaurant industry. Well, obviously, I grew up in the restaurant industry. I was a little boy working in my aunt and uncle's restaurant in Lakeview. Uh, and I should say working or getting in everybody's way, one or the other. And uh, my reward would be uh, getting a plate which has a, uh, it's a, it was a half and half plate. It was half meatballs and spaghetti and half hamburger. Okay. And uh, every kid's dreams. And that's what uh, was one of my favorite foods uh, growing up in the restaurant. And uh uh, and I loved it and ate it for a long time. And, uh, but, you know, I, I don't think I would change too much. Drago's, more than anyone, knows seafood, and the restaurant is a feature of New Orleans food culture. Tommy is very aware of the relationship between New Orleans and food and how Drago's plays a part in it. You know what? I love the culture that I live in. I love the heritage from Louisiana, uh, where I grew up. I love uh, every part of it, and food is such a big part of Louisiana. Um, and not just seafood. You know, our Louisiana seafood, I'll put it up against almost any food around. But our Cajun food, jambalaya, mm -hmm. you know, sausage and chicken, mm -hmm. you know, mix it with rice. And, uh, you know, or you make a good etouffee where, you, you know, you cook up a little roux and, uh, you know, and the peppers and onions and you stew it down and you put some crawfish mm -hmm. in there and, uh, and, and top it off with some rice and get some French bread to uh, wipe down that bowl. Uh, or how about cooking a gumbo? There's a, mm -hmm. a thousand ways. Oh, what am I saying? A thousand. Way more than that. You know, hundreds of thousands of ways to cook gumbo, mm -hmm. whether it's a seafood gumbo, whether it's a 
chicken andouille gumbo, whether it's gumbo zaib, which is just uh, you know vegetables that you know, Miss Leah Chase has pretty much uh, uh, made famous, or you know a duck gumbo, or uh, just all types of gumbos cooked, all different types of ways. You have your brown gumbos, you have your gumbos with tomato in it, you have it with filet, without filet, a thicker roux, a lighter roux, you know, not as burned. Uh, just a great dish. I yeah. love food. We're very lucky to live <clears throat> in a place that has such a rich history of food. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And why, why do you think that is, that it's so important to New Orleans and Louisiana culture? Well, you know, it, 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 it goes down to hospitality, especially more so in this area where our families would get together for Sunday lunch. Mm -hmm. No matter what, everybody had to come home and mama's cooking, mm -hmm. you know, a pot of whether it's red beans or pasta or etouffee or gumbo or, or even making roast beef poor boys. Sunday afternoon, you had to sit at the table and don't even think about saying, well, dad, I got this or can I go here? No, you got to eat. Then you can go. But that heritage of, you know, that family meal together kind of crossed over. And then on top of that, the hospitality and then all the different cultures of people that live here. And that combination, it's magic. Mm -hmm. Because uh, although you got lots of places around the country and around the world where people are nice, here we understand hospitality. We even name it. It's called Southern hospitality. You know, that, I don't see New York hospitality mm -hmm. or California hospitality or, you know, West Coast hospitality. But Southern hospitality is almost a trademark name. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and I think in, uh, in New Orleans and Louisiana and this region, if you go up and down the coast, we have perfected Southern hospitality mm -hmm. and we understand it. When somebody comes here and they enjoy it, they're going back as an ambassador to our area. Right. And, uh, you know, everybody else has got Chamber of Commercers and uh, all of these. You know, we have ambassadors that have been here, went, had fun, and then they go back home and then they say, man, we went to New Orleans yeah. and had a ball. You got to yeah. go there. Or, you know, or, you know, unlike other cities, when you're on an airplane coming or going to New Orleans, I don't care if you're coming here or going here and you're sitting next to a stranger, that conversation eventually is going to be, where did you eat or where are yeah. you going to eat? Yeah. No place else does that happen. Yeah. You know, snowballs from Mr. Frank Snowball on, uh, on Harrison Avenue. Or, or, or how about king cakes from McKenzie's? Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I love king cakes. You know, king cakes is like sex. Even bad king cake is good. You know, so uh, I, I just love that. I remember getting those big old sticky buns with all the icing on top of it. And, you know, kind of, uh, you know, for breakfast. And uh, I just, our, our, our eating... Uh, habits were very, very simple uh, mm -hmm. as I was growing up. That's probably why I don't mind. I'll tell you one of my favorite things today is that number four at Bud's Broiler. And so Drago's is the inventor of the trial oyster. Yes. So that was one of the luckiest days of my life when I came up with that. Right. Because I'm not, you know, I'm not a trained culinarian. Again, I'm a restaurant brat. And uh, I just got very, very lucky one day. And I started thinking and... Uh, Let's see, you know, we, did, we used to do this dish in the restaurant. It was a redfish on a half shell where we would leave the skin and scales on the redfish and cook it on an open fire and baste it with butter, garlic. Today, the sauce that we use on our charbroiled oysters is that exact same, so okay. exact same sauce that we used 25, 30 years ago on our uh, barbecue drumfish, redfish then. And uh, so I started thinking one day, you know, the way we describe that dish, the skin and scales 
act as a second plate or a shell and hold all the natural juices and bastings in. Okay, that's one thing. Okay, now when you start talking about the natural juices, you know, there's no better cooking with for seafood than oyster water. Mm -hmm. You know, people do that all the time with Thanksgiving and they want, you know, they're going to do oyster dressing, they want that oyster water. So I'm thinking, okay, they got natural juices, there's none better than oyster water. And then this butter-garlic sauce, the bastings, you know, and I used to talk about how good the combination was on fish. I'm thinking, I wonder what that would be like if I took an oyster on a half shell, put it on the barbecue grill, put a little bit of this great basting butter-garlic sauce, and then the natural juices from the oyster. I wonder what that would be like. And lo and behold, we came up with the charbroiled oyster today. We serve over 3 million of them a year. Wow. It's the single best bite of food here in New Orleans. And, uh, and probably the turning point of our restaurant. Mm -hmm. So did you, were you a big seafood eater as a child? Did you eat a lot of Nope, average. No? Nope, average. I mean, I was a big burger. And like mm -hmm. I said, mac, I would eat mac and cheese four or five times a week. Yeah. You yeah. Know, probably more than my daughter eats it today. And really? she eats it a lot. Yeah. I don't think I had oysters until I came to New Orleans, actually, you know. It's such a New Orleans food. And right. there's so many things that and, are And New early Orleans on, food. as a youngster, I did not eat raw oysters. Right. You know, I ate raw oysters when I had to. Mm -hmm. Even growing up, I was doing a TV spot and uh, cooking oyster, charbroiled oysters on TV. And then uh, the reporter said something about eating them raw and basically put me on the spot. And I had to eat a raw oyster oh right gosh. there on TV. And it was like, it's not that bad. It's yeah. actually pretty good. Now I'll, you know, I'll go out and eat a dozen. Mm -hmm. It's one of those things that it depends what you put on it. I like it with some lemon and some Tabasco. And, and you see, I, I, love, I grew up eating cocktail sauce and crackers, right. so I like it on, with cocktail sauce. Mm -hmm. But I got to tell you, I like it with just a little bit of lemon mm -hmm. and, and let's go to town. Yeah, it's one of those things that takes on flavors so well. So you put that butter, garlic, and cheese mm -hmm. and, and a little bit of black pepper and herbs on something that's got as much flavor as an oyster. Yeah. Then you get a little bit of that smoke flavor mm -hmm. to it. It's just a marriage that can't go wrong. Yeah. I mean, I, and you know, today we, we use that butter, garlic sauce. You know, I put it on burgers sometimes. Mm -hmm. I put it on, you know, on steaks. I put it, I mean, we charbroil lobsters here. Right. Uh, you know, when, uh, during the BP oil spill, we couldn't get oysters for a long time. We brought mussels from uh, Nova Scotia in here. And uh, we cooked the mussels on, instead of cooking it in a pot where, you know, yeah. I mean, we would literally cook it on an open fire and pour some of the sauce on top of it. Those shells would open up. So a little bit of the butter would come in and then you get that smoke in it as mm -hmm. the, as the mussels would start opening up. And, uh, you know, some of those people up north, although we've got I lots of oysters, some of these people up north ought to realize, you know, maybe with pasta is not the only way to yeah, cook a mussel. That's interesting. I've never heard of that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I love mussels. That was the, actually, that's funny because that was the way that I started eating seafood was mm -hmm. by eating mussels. Mussels, yeah. yeah it's a great dish. And, and mussels, just like oysters, have their own water. Mm -hmm. So that water, once you cook with it, uh, it, is, it is a broth and it's that briny and, uh, and then you get that sweetness of the sea mm -hmm. uh, flavor and it flavors the other foods with it like none mm -hmm. other. As a restaurant that has been passed down between generations, family has a powerful influence over Tommy. Even with four locations and hundreds of employees, Drago still operates as a family-owned restaurant. I'm 58 years old. I, I have over 500 people that wear the Drago's logo on a daily basis. We have four restaurants, 30 plus million dollars in business, and my mama still signs my check. Wow. See, my mom and dad are very hardworking, mm -hmm. and, uh, and I got to tell you, although I was a rebel uh, growing up and uh, a tough child to parent, uh, 
I did look up and respect the hard work that they did, mm-hmm. and uh, and then I was very proud when I would hear people talk about my parents. Yeah. And as I got older and a little bit more responsible and started having my own kids, uh, I kind of wanted you know my kids to have that same feeling for uh, for me the way mm-hmm. I did and uh, for my parents. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's uh, and it's that you know my mom and dad came here with that European hard working culture. Yeah. Uh, which uh, even in my family a little bit today and in our country is uh, a little more absent than I'm comfortable with. Um, But uh, I I just, you know, uh, it's about loving what you do and, you know, waking up and then really enjoying yourself and, you know, walking in the front door, you know, and, uh, you know, I tell people all, you know, just come in and have fun. If you're not happy, leave yeah. go somewhere else yeah. i mean because it's contagious if mm-hmm. you're happy it's contagious if you're upset and mad that's contagious too mm-hmm. and i don't want that you know one bad apple will ruin a whole basket mm-hmm. as for his four kids tommy didn't have to try very hard to pass down his love and taste for food to them or almost well my oldest daughter is very adventurous maddie okay. she uh you know she'll eat anything mm-hmm. she loves raw oysters she loves sushi she's just a very adventurous eater uh, my two boys in the middle, uh, they are very adventurous as well. But, you know, they do like, uh, you know, the oldest one does like fast food and, you know, whether, would, would pick your brand, he likes it. And, uh, but then when he goes out, he'll get a nice piece of fish or lobster or, you know, so he's, they're uh, not scared of any types mm-hmm. of food and they'll try anything. Uh, my second son, my number three child, Carson, uh, he's very, very healthy. He's worrying about protein and, you know, lifting weights and, mm-hmm. you know, the, his physique. And uh, so he, he's way more on, you know, calorie conscious and health conscious and protein conscious. But he'll eat anything as mm-hmm. well. My youngest, Callie, uh, mac and cheese and chicken, mac and cheese and chicken strips and yep. steak. Yeah. Don't go, you know, don't even put pepper on a steak, mm-hmm. you know. So she's... Uh, you know, the little uh, mac and cheese that you make in the microwave. Mm-hmm. She's happy as can be with that. She's, uh, you know, when you give her chicken, don't season it and make a Marcella or Cordon Bleu or anything like that. Just fry the chicken strips yeah. for her and she's happy. Yeah. So did you have to teach your kids to love oysters? No. no. Or is it just No, no. Callie blood? won't eat oysters. My oh, other really? three will eat oysters. Yeah. Uh, no, they, they grew up eating them. And, yeah. uh, you know, they, uh, again, with the exception of my youngest, they're all... Uh, very adventurous uh, when it comes to uh, eating and uh, now they'll try something and say oh dad I don't like that Mm -hmm. but they'll try it it. absolutely yeah Yeah. was that what you were like as a kid Uh, pretty much I was maybe a little bit more hesitant than Mm -hmm. they are but uh, I I pretty much yeah but I definitely grew into uh, eating anything I'll try anything once I might not eat rattlesnake you know, or eel, Mm -hmm. but past that, I'll eat almost anything. Many thanks to Tommy for sitting down with me for this episode. And if you're in New Orleans, you absolutely have to try a charboard oyster from Drago's. Thanks for joining us on this episode. On our next episode, I talk to Dr. Daniel Mintz, the director of the Food Studies Program at Loyola University, to give us an academic perspective on the relationship between food and memory, as well as his love for grilled cheese. It's possible for, for grilled cheese to be a little bit too fancy. 
If you liked this episode and want to hear more, visit our website at recipefornostalgia.squarespace.com or find us on iTunes. This episode was brought to you by Landing Lion. Landing Lion is a website builder where you can create web pages with amazing precision. Whether you're a food blogger or you just like taking pictures of food, Landing Lion allows you to design a web page that fits your tastes best. It is easy to use and customizable to exactly what you want, or you can base your design off of one of their many pre-designed templates. It can be integrated with Facebook, Google Analytics, and MailChimp, and so many more, so it will fit right in with whatever existing platforms you're using. Visit landinglion.com to get started today.